podcast the podcast that says when all else fails it's time for an upgrade i'm greg i'm emily i'm jordan no! what the heck was that someone I'm, disconnected i'm kendall oh my god i'm disconnected <laughs> that already fucked up that's good <laughs> that was why i was howling you guys kendall messed up my joke the know-how apparently um when I hit mute on my mic, it just hangs up on Skype calls now. Really? <laughs> so that's great. Because, you wait. know, I don't need that fucking mute my mic when I fucking call. Wait, wait, wait. Shit. Wait, wait. Try hitting mute on Skype itself. Maybe it's just the button on your mic that does it. Yeah, it does work, I guess. But it's also like, why the fuck doesn't it I know. Just... It's, it's, it's... <laughs> but at least, at least now you know. Yeah, I guess so. No one just, the battle. You just need to invest in, like, a, a nice uh, 58. <laughs> Get a get a. I guess you'd need a mixing board for that too. So get a nice, uh, nice little mixing board. Uh, I'll, I'll do that with SM58. all the money that I have. I have so much money. I don't. <laughs> but yes. Anyway, uh, Kendall, you introduce yourself, good, right? right? We're not, not like. <laughs> We're still we're recording. Okay, good. <laughs> Best episode. And I'm Kendall. <laughs> yes. And God. this week we are reviewing episode one of season three. Oh my god, I forgot. Optimal situation. You forgot it was called that? Yes, I forgot it was called that for a second. Alright. Alright, so I'll just go into IMDB. You guys can you guys can contain your, contain yourselves. Okay. What? So you guys can like uh, uh collect yourselves. I'll I'll go into IMDB. Okay. okay. Optimus Prime Spark container looks exactly like the Matrix of Leadership first seen in the performance the performers. The Transformers, the movie. Yet the two are not the same artifact. It was shaped so because the animators weren't aware of the Matrix's importance in the Transformers lore and thought it would make a good mo- model for a spark container. Later, it was explained that a comic in a comic that Prime had two identically shaped objects inside his chest, the Matrix and the container of his spark. Interestingly enough, due to one of the several animation errors in the Transformers, the movie, you can also see two Matrix-shaped objects inside Prime's chest. So that's uh, interesting. Ooh. So somehow they retroactively actually made a co- canon. Yeah. See, what I thought was that the container itself was the Matrix, and, they, and the Matrix goes over your spark, maybe, is what happened. But no, that wasn't yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I I just figured uh, that there was no spoon. Um, although, <laughs> although it has been 
I, I, I'm tangent here because uh, you guys were right. like people don't remember the Matrix. I was talking to people at work the other day and I was like, oh, yeah, there was a glitch in the Matrix. And they were like, what are you talking about? Wait a minute. What? They didn't know, remember what that line was from? Yeah, these are like 23 year olds. Okay, I was going to say, like, if they're okay. younger, I could see maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could see that because 23 year olds, that would make. Yeah. That would mean they were like when six it when out. it came out. But. Yeah, because I was like 17 or 18 when it came out. But the thing I is. I was like 12. <laughs> That is not a that is not a commentary on on the young people not knowing things. That was me judging pop culture and also feeling old. How dare pop culture not keep, keep the Matrix ref- references new and entertaining? Yeah, exactly. I've um, got a kid graduating in literally a week. I feel old all the time now. <laughs> yeah, all my friends though. are turning thirty. Yes, thank you. And I'm going to turn 30 here soon, so that makes me feel I'm, old. I still got another year till I'm 30, so. I, I, next July, or this July, I'm going to turn 36. Four, oh, I was going to say minute, 45. What? Yeah. No, Jordan, Jordan's old. Me? Yeah. Yes, we've established that. <laughs> if you, I, how did I forget I, I that? forgot, too. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I thought I thought Greg was older than 36, is what it was. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it helps that I don't act at my age at all. <laughs> no, we don't. Which is a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Although it has been Optimus Prime's most famous quote since he got introduced, Optimus Optimal Optimus was in fact the first Transformer creator to say freedom is the right of all sentient beings in any Transformers cartoon. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Like I think the actual quote is uh, yeah. on Prime, uh, Optimus Prime's like toy bio card. Like he never yes. actually says it in the TV mm. show. Yeah. I mean, you guys realize you guys know ha, should know by now that everything happened for the first time in Beast Wars. Nothing, <laughs> nothing Transformers Apparently. related happened in G One. We're learning that as we go on, <laughs> for sure. Although it has been Optimus Prime's most. Oh, I already read that one. Rat Trap's line: "He changes them often enough." Referring to Optimus Prime's new alternate modes is a reference um, to all the new forms that Optimus yeah. had throughout the series. And an in-joke as well, since the cartoon's first priority was to advertise all the new toys. Ironically, most of the toys did not appear in the show. <laughs> is that, There's a lot of yeah. toys. Is that ironic? I mean, I guess... It's like I mean, rain! <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess it's just... I Odd don't know. twist of fate, maybe? Any anytime, anytime people refer to things as being ironic, uh, you kind of have to be like, huh? Oh, like, yeah. you know... At, at some point, though, that... 98. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, at some point, though, uh, that's the 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 way it's commonly used incorrectly is going to become the new way that it ironically means now, because ju- that's just how, like, yeah. it's evolved. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 annoying to and, like, confusing, but eventually people are just going to just roll with it. And, and, I, and, and I usually am okay with that. I just think this is particularly wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might... It might be. I'd have to actually like, hmm. like it just like because a lot of toys did appear in the show though, and they did obviously take. Yeah, but I mean, that's how these shows always are. Probably, I don't know. I never watched GI Joe. So it's the the whole reason they kill off all the cast in the the first movie was so they could have new cast. So I mean, but Beast Wars didn't do that, which I appreciate. I mostly. That. I mean, they did too. They did as much as they could, and still have it be a like good-ish show. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And they Kid-ish. also Beast Wars is awesome. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the second season was pretty rough at times. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we're back on that we're back on track with season three. But uh, I have thoughts. I, I think I think I'm I think I'm feeling better. I'm, I've got a good feeling about this season. Um, I think I may have gotten over my love for season one. Like I may I may be able to to experience new things. Ex- accept accept that it's over. Move on. So you're out of the mourning period. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. I can accept that there's no going to be no more, no more pterosaur. So, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it over? <laughs> Sorry, musical episode. I was singing a bunch before we started, and I'm in a mood. <laughs> the writers included the scene of Ravage's severed head being kicked down a chasm into the water to make sure he would not be brought back again. Despite this, the character later returns in a spin-off comic along with many other, quote, dead, in quotes, characters. Yeah, I thought that was actually a nice touch to be, because as we will see in this, even the fucking characters in this show don't know whether characters are dead or not. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to make an extra an extra thing and be like, okay, no, Ravage is, like, extra dead. <laughs> Just to put the exclamation point on it. That's all we got. TF Wiki, Jordan. Okay, so... Um, let me see. There, I think there was one animation error that they mentioned that was actually kind of interesting. Um, oh yeah. Uh, during the primal tutor's aerial attack on the fleeing pedicrows, the cat's flight mode jets are not deployed as he swoops down t- in camera in the, uh, medium and following his initial approach. Uh, but well before he transforms, like they basically disappear and then reappear. Yeah. Well, he's fine. I remember that. Um, and then we've got some continuity errors uh, where it mentions that the Maximals are fading out, but Megatron isn't affected in any way, even though changing the the Great War should surely have an impact on him, too. Well, yeah, that was the thing that I that yeah. I was thinking as well, is why is he not getting it? Like, he's essentially created a paradox. <laughs> and, you know, it, it should be everybody that's getting affected by it, not just the Maximals. Yeah, it's a little yeah. weird. Um, it also, they also mentioned like what Kendall said about the matrix of leadership contain and the whole container thing. Um, they actually, in the paragraph, they call them out and it's like, uh, it's like this, this of course leads to, uh, leads us to ask the question, how do you get involved with transformers and not know the most important MacGuffin in the entire continuity? Mm. Hey, I, I, I honestly think it can happen. It's like mm. not everyone that remembers G1 that well, but whatever. Um, Kendall remembers G1 really well. Yeah. <laughs> he loves G1. Um, and it does point out that if you think about it, though, the de- although the design's similar, there are differences. Like, for example, the fact that it did look pretty much hand-sized to uh, op- uh, Optimus Primal, and in the movie, like, it's supposed to be hand-sized to a Transformer, which are just ten, like, twice as big as them, so it yeah. definitely is smaller. Yeah. Um, it act- And it mentions that the comic that uh, Kendall messaged mentioned is called primeval dawn and it's like primeval dawn later explained the matrix shaped spark uh container as being a decoy matrix constructed to sit in front of the real matrix and then they put a last uh bullet and it's like look just watch the episode okay (laughs) um pardon uh let's see optimus was was briefly knocked uh, knocked out and uh after deflecting the missiles and falling to the ground 
However, he is awake to watch the Axelon uh, teeter back and forth and eventually fall off the cliff. One wonders why he couldn't have uh, stopped it. After all, in in his original form, he was able to uh, slow the ship's descent and keep it from uh, from crashing in the episode Victory. Oh, One would think true. that his much larger and more powerful form would be enough to actually to lift the ship up. Or um, maybe his or original form was actually the most powerful version he was just holding back for the whole season. Maybe. Because remember Cause, that episode where yeah. he was a badass? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. And as we said, like, he, his not intent to kill is to uh, arrest. Uh, although the kinds of relative damage that can cause fatal injury is notoriously inconsistent in Beast Wars and the wider <laughs> franchise in general... It's particularly strange that Ravage is killed outright by the explosion that traveled the, the length of the ship before cons- before consuming him. Whereas Tarantulas was literally at the epicenter of the blast, and yet and yet was easily uh, cobbled back together by the his arachnoids. Uh, by see, the way, uh, I got by Ravage the was an older model, and also Tarantulas was a <laughs> Ravage is a fucking cassette tape. Well, <laughs> they also mentioned. To- to be fair, perhaps Ravage could have been put back as really reassembled had someone bothered to do so. <laughs> Although it is, so this raises the question of why no one did, or at least not until the comics. Um, I also want to point out that, uh, as I was talking to Greg and before, this is like the first time that I noticed in the episode description that they marked the little flashlight spider robots that we've talked about that tarantulas and sometimes Black Arachnia have like in various things called arachnoids. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I gave you guys a link to it, which to them before. I which took a look a, at it. Yeah, it's a really neat article. Uh, maybe we should put it in show notes because it's just kind yeah. of like a cute little thing. Um, and then in continuity notes, it mentions that the arachnoids seen in this episode sport a special tarantulas insignia, which they possess in all of their appearances from now on. So he <laughs> he marketed to them apparently. Well, they're his babies after all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mentions the got. Gabs and powers. Optimus wings can uh, morph into shields in, for his fists, which he uses to defend the Maximals against uh, Megatron's missile. And Quick Strike's snake arm can move around under its own power. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, for sure. Uh, then we get into the Transformers references, where Rhinox mentions the that Optimus Spark has the Matrix with it, which might be a reference to the physical Matrix of leadership that uh, Optimus carriers. Whether or not the actual Matrix scene in this episode was the Matrix is debatable, like we were saying. Um, and, you know, and how he, he didn't, Prime didn't give the Matrix to alter Magnus until he actually was dead. Yeah. Uh, when confronting Megatron in the Arcs Bridge, Optimus Prowls tells Megatron, freedom is the right. Oh, wait, we are. Sorry, I thought. Oh, uh, here we go. When, when informed by Ben Yi about Simp. Uh, about this fact during the Madman Entertainment Beast Wars Season 3 DVD commentary for this episode, writer Bob Ford confessed that up to this point he had no idea, and the phrase was uh, simply something he picked up from the alt.toys transformers.news group. Makes sense. And then, yeah, and then later Optimus Pri- uh, Primal tells the Maximals to transform and roll out. Yep. I felt like that was like Optimus Prime's like personality yeah. leading the Primal. And I, yeah, I thought sort of that was going to be a thing. Of it. it does yeah, actually kind of mention that was different, in, uh, right? Trivia. When he had both the... sparks, his voice is different, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, oh, there's one world world reference that I actually kind of noticed, uh, but I don't know if it was on purpose. But the Autobot repair device, the one that goes over Optimus Prime's head to uh, fix it, 
uh, it's kind of rem- reminiscent of the exploding mask worn by the auto- uh, by Arnold Schwarzenegger in the original 1990 oh, Total, Recall, Total Recall. Yeah, like the 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 band's like yeah. opening and then reconverging kind of thing. That w- that's I kind of remind me of that too. That was a great uh, effect. Like that was a physical thing too, right? Yeah, like I think part, so. part part physical and and anyways, uh, trivia. Primal's voice becomes noticeably deeper when he takes on his new form, as well as gaining an additional flanging effect. Uh, one might think that the change is related to having old John Wayne voiced Optimus Prime without uh, within him, but both changes remain after Prime's spark is re- restored. So apparently, it's just from being bigger and more metally. The deeper voice <laughs> would vanish in future episodes. However, I thought yeah. it vanished at the end of this episode, like the last think, the last one. You said we're moving in. Yeah, it might have. It might have. It definitely wasn't deeper than when he f- was first talking in the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, Optimus runs through all four of his the new body's uh, modes within a few minutes of its debut. 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 Their debut. Debut. I know. I'm like, why did I get that so wrong? <laughs> uh, his beast mode is uh, easy to miss, but he uses it when he shields the other Maximals from the Predacon's weapon fire. Yeah. Uh, Rat Trap breaks the fourth wall, as we mentioned. Because uh, with that aside joke that he mentioned of you know uh, he changes enough, there is actually a rimshot heard. Uh, this is actually this is a good one here. This is a there is a real life reason why the Axelon was destroyed. Optimus's new optimal form simply would not fit in it. Yeah, when I was salvage, thinking about that. When the salvage remains of the base have been set up, which basically the it's the bridge, uh, Optimus is easily twice as tall as the bridge. Uh, the missile yeah, that they had to put a yeah. layer underneath so he <laughs> yeah. could stand there. Uh, the missile that Ravit, uh, Rampage fires and Optimus inadvertently deflects into the Axelon bears a peace symbol on the nose cone. Yeah. Uh, Black Ragnar opposes Meg- Megatron's plan to wipe the Autobots from history because she was a, a maximal protofollower. Quick Strike, Inferno, and Rampage all count as maximal protoforms too, but they don't oppose Megatron's plan uh, because. Because they're Quick dumb. <laughs> because Quick Strike's <laughs> ignorant, Inferno's crazy, and Rad Page doesn't have a say in the matter, and is also crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after Optimus, Optimus Prime Spark is returned to him, he reactivates, but almost immediately returns to Stasis Lock. The the Binal Tech story chapter supplied with uh, BT-22 Convoy established that Optimus Prime was at least partly aware of of both the spark transfer and optimus primal yeah, so that, I was gonna that say that would make sense yeah so basically in a brief flicker he actually did get to he did realize what happened or at least became aware of what of uh optimus primal doing something he's kind of freaky when you think about it yeah and that's pretty much all the uh notes hmm. well i suppose we should get into this episode then cuz it's got quite a bit to it um, yep. The opening of the episode, of course, we get a, a flashback to the previous episode. Um, gives a bit of a rundown about how they find the Ark, and Black Arachne is explaining things, Megatron finding them, and getting her to use the codes and whatnot. Um, so when we pick up, we essentially, we literally, almost literally pick up where we left off last episode, because we've got the, the time... I'm going to refer to it as like a time tempest, I guess, or time storm is the best yeah, way I put it. It's some, it's some kind of uh, time storm because of the yeah. paradox that now, was created. Now, we pick up where we left off, but instead of being on a PS1, it's on a PS2 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, the, it does look a little bit better. There's like yeah. from the from the get go, there's like a weird jump in quality of of uh, or maybe not a PS. Maybe it was on a PS one and now it's on like a Dreamcast. <laughs> it's more apt than PS two at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. early PS two. Um, yeah, that was one thing I noticed as well is that the the graphics did seem a little bit smoother. Um, there were some parts that still reminded me a bit of season one, just like the environmentals, I guess. But for the most part, I thought the animation was noticeably better than, yeah. than what yeah. we've had. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was obviously more like more detailed and stuff. Uh, it was weird seeing characters from this previous season, like their same character model, only like di- weirdly different. It was like, a uncanny Valley. Everybody says that word a lot. Yeah. It's kind of that. Well, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like the, it seemed like there was some more detail. Like any of the close-ups that you had, it seemed like there was a lot more detail, and that the the lighting effects made them seem like a bit more glossy than than what we were used to seeing. Because normally, like the textures of the characters was a lot more matte finish than what mm. than what we see now in this first episode. Especially with like characters like Silverbolt, because like their face, they almost have like chromish sort of parts on the face, mm. and you really see. It coming through, yeah, almost I, like a polish. I noticed it most with Black Arachnia, since yes. since she's a she's a season one character, like a she's one of the only ones that because even like Waspinator looked weird, but he was like all in rough shape. He was mm-hmm. like Inferno too, like yeah, was, which is actually in a way a kind of thing because like there was a lot of detail of like how messed up he was, yeah. Which, by the way, Inferno's not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is kind of surprising. Oh, um, there was a a. It says there was like a computer error that, or uh, like continuity error or something about him being basically that damaged and then better later on. But uh, it also mentions that though it does it does seem that he is like in each scene prior he he is doing better. So it's it can be inferred that he's. Uh, basically re- doing self repairs during the entire time. He's Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it, he kind of has been a little bit like that, like in terms of trying to kill him. He just doesn't yeah. stay dead. Remember the start of season two where he literally put himself back together? Yeah, sort of like everybody does in this episode. <laughs> Except Ravage. <laughs> yeah, good. Fuck Ravage. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yes. I have no, my opinion of a character has never changed as much as my opinion as rapidly as Ravage because he was so cool in that first episode. Then he turned into a tape, and I lost all respect for him. Oh, it was a callback. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's. There's. A, they're gonna. They're gonna win people over with fan service, and they're gonna lose people over when you do when uh, High School of the Dead does all the panty shots. They get the. Pervy Japanese people, uh, they uh, lose some other people from from that. You know, it's a trade-off. I think I'm glad I've never seen that. <laughs> it's a it's a anime. I where the dead. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and it's actually it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a zombie anime. It's pretty it's pretty etchy. Okay. Like, and if it if not for that, then it would be a pretty good show. But it's just like incessant. With yeah, it's really it's really ridiculous. Like a girl will shoot a sniper rifle and then her. Her boobs will just like jiggle all over the place because of the feedback, I guess. I don't even mind. I don't even mind that. I think that just like they're just constantly are randomly doing close ups of girls' panties. 
for even less of a story reason. <laughs> I mean, they're both pretty egregious, but all right. No, no, they are. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, like, there's making a bad joke, and then there's for no reason doing a close-up of panties. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, and also, and also, it's also the fact that there's both. So it's constant. <laughs> anyway, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, fan service. Yeah. Lost me. Anyway, we're getting back into this episode. We, we don't off on a tangent here. We are literally only three minutes into this episode. I don't even, I don't even know how we started on that tangent and what, yeah. what, what brought us. There. I'm just saying. I'm saying <laughs> I, that Ravage turning into a tape is the equivalent of them of anime shows uh, having that obligatory soft porn episode. Anyway, um, so we we have Megatron, you know, literally monologuing here to the Maxwells as they writhe in pain. Megatron essentially is not showing any effect of this time storm whatsoever. Like, he doesn't seem to be affected. Um, however, as he's talking, we get Black Arachnia sort of rising up behind him, and she uses the codes that she has within her to activate Teletram 1, though she calls it Teletron 1, which is not correct. No. Um, yeah. Um, but she activates Teletran 1, what, and that in turn activates like a, a security grid in the doorway that he's standing in, and it flings him for, off into the cave, and we get a rock sort of landing on him. Um, womp womp. Yeah. We then get Silverbolt, who heroic as he... She sort of collapses a little bit, and Silverbolt is like, uh, whatever this storm is, I will protect you. And I'm thinking, um... Okay, you, you can't shoot the storm, Silverbolt. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, so, buddy. So let me um, let He's me just being dramatic and basically saying, "I'm here for you." Yeah. In the, way, in the only way he knows how. Yeah. yeah. Not so, the best, but. <laughs> let me just defend Megatron for a second. So the thing, like you, in the in the the continuity of the TF Wiki, and then you sort of you guys mentioned, like you know, for whatever reason, it's not affecting him. I mean. Yes, butterfly effect, blah, blah, blah. But also, um, time travel rules work however you want them to because it's fiction. And uh, I figure this Megatron is a direct descendant of the Megatron. And so if the Megatron uh, took over everything, all the things, mm -hmm. then who's to say that who's to say that he wouldn't? Um, you, you know, he would, that he wouldn't end up coming into and being in some in some form. And obviously things haven't settled because the yeah. Langoliers are still getting going after everybody. <laughs> but wow, um, there's a deep Stephen King gut there. <laughs> oh, I remember that TV series, too. And that was yeah. weird. It was Langoliers is like a mini series or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. It, I, remember, I remember Nostalgia Critic covered it. Like, I remember reading the story long, long ago at some point. Yeah, the guy who played Balky from Perfect Strangers on it. It was on basic cable a lot when I was growing up. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, but I mean, that's like, I mean, assumedly, if everything had, if the time storm had happened, like he would, he would cease to exist in this place and he would go someplace else. If that's how time travel works in this universe. I mean, you know, who knows how time travel works? Mm, uh, true. Maybe, maybe there would have been like a weird time storm. And then because they were in the epicenter of the time storm. All of them wouldn't have would have been fine. And Megatron knows this. And so that's why he's like, fuck it. I don't care. And so because he doesn't care, then it's not affecting him. Or it could have been Wizard of Oz and he could have been, you know, flown off to Kansas. Could have been could have been flown off yeah. to Kansas. My favorite. My favorite is always the Dragon Ball Z 
concept of every time you travel through time, you create a new timeline and you can never and uh, uh, and so you can never you can never actually change your own timeline. Yeah, I'm sure there's other things that use that rule, but um, I think actually Marvel Comics uses that rule. But uh, still, I uh, actually they used to use that rule, but now it's however the author wants it to work is the rules. <laughs> uh, I listened to a podcast one time that told me anyway. Yeah, that's my yeah. that's my take. Also, uh, the the um, silver bolt black black arachnia stuff in this episode is good. Yeah, yeah. Like it I is. think legitimately, yeah. like it's been it has they dove into it quickly at toward the end of the in the last few episodes of last season, but then they have developed over the last few episodes, which is really nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we we get a culmination here as well um, because uh, black arachnia essentially you know, gets Silverbolt to follow her because she's going to try and fix what Megatron did. Uh, they enter the arc. So, yeah, she, she saves Silverbolt instead of him saving her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because uh, she she uses the, um, uh, the computer inside the arc to activate like a, a sort of like a life support system or auxiliary life support, rather. And it's actually kind of cool because it looks... The, you get the it, it has like the the Autobot face logo. And yeah. It's got an Energon sort of tube feeding tube going into it. It's an Energon it, IV. Yeah, and it attaches right into Optimus's shoulder logo. I thought that was kind of neat. Oh, I I want to point out. I also kind of really. I'm not sure if we talked uh, the design of the ship in general. Mm-hmm. Like everything in it is is actually pretty well proportioned. So yeah. so when you see them like at a console from in the ship, like pressing buttons, like they literally have to use their whole hand to press a button or the, or like controls basically require their, the full use of their, of their body to push it into, into effect because they're so, they are so much smaller than the original Autobots. So, uh, uh, what were we talking about? Size differences uh, is what a, no, I was on. I was going to say a thing right before that. What happened right before? Oh, the so you called it an Energon IV. I just felt like it was like an AC adapter. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a way that is what it is. Yeah, it's that a, sort of works. A, a, a <laughs> macro USB, I guess. Because <laughs> it's really big. Yeah. So yep. the the activating of, the, of this life support system... Uh, seems to calm this time storm a little bit. It's not completely gone, uh, but they do notice that the that it's calmed a little bit. We've still got like a swirling cloud above the mountain that the arc is is hidden in. Uh, but we don't have like the the lightning and winds that were swirling around everybody for for a few minutes there. Um, but Black Arachne does does note that Optimus is still fading and we actually get a scene where both she and Silverbolt sort of fade a little bit out of existence and then back into it yeah sort of to sort of emphasize that you know it's still happening uh once that happens we see the door behind them open and uh Otis, rhinox rat trap and cheetor all fly in <laughs> so so do you think uh do you think that uh the maximals and the decepticons each have like proprietary uh plugs that's why they have their symbols because you got to get proprietary adapters. Oh, sort of like the, <laughs> I, sort of like you, micro USB for everything except Apple. Right, right, right. Yeah, could be. Sorry, I couldn't I sure remember did. what word proprietary was. Otherwise, I would have made that joke like five minutes ago. I apologize. I, I suppose that like 
there would only be like four different brands. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why they're on. that's why they're at war with each other because they're trying to they're trying to <laughs> see who can have the standard uh, proprietary <laughs> adapters. That's it. That's the whole reason for the war, right there. I love that. Um, do we have do we have do you have Optimus coming into the scene yet? Cause I love that line that he says. Yeah. Yeah. Because Yeah. He's like Silverbolt. What? And then he sees Optimus. He's like, Well, that's just prime. <laughs> He's just so exasperated. He's like, and then mouth yeah. agape, just like, oh crap! Immediately, rat trap. And then rat traps like, yeah, like, well, what's left of him anyway? That was a good joke. Yeah, it was. Um, they start assessing Optimus Prime and note that he, you know, he's still sort of he's not anywhere near safe he's he's still fading fast so to speak um and rox makes mention that it that his spark is already joining the matrix and that for them to fix his body it would surely kill him essentially um optimus then is like well then we'll have to move it and ronix is like his spark can't exist outside a living body and optimus is like i know and then we see his chest glow he transforms and sort of flies in front of Optimus Prime, and Rattrap is like, "Are you nuts?" He's like, "You can't hold two sparks in your body." And then Rock says, "This spark has the Matrix with it. It's too powerful." I was like, "Well, we don't really have a choice." And tells them to get the the repair equipment online. He sort of touches uh, Prime's chest, and it opens up, and we get you know this whole sequence with uh, his chest his chest opening up and this foe. I say faux matrix uh, that Optimus Primal then takes a hold of and holds it in front of himself. He's, you know, sort of apprehensive at first, but then we actually get a sort of a cool scene. Um, his <laughs> his abs open up, and literally the inside of his body is almost hollow. Like we see some yeah. ears and and you know other sort of machine bits inside, and his spark sort of falls I just down. Wanna... Describe that a bit where it's like way too hollow. Like it's yeah. just this hollow, empty space, and there's these gears, and the gears don't look like they're attached to anything. That it's kind of like floating there, and it's like, okay, sure, all right. Well, the spark's <laughs> got to have like, uh, you know, it can't it can't be like everything all in there together, or else, or else it'll overheat and go into stasis lock and join the matrix or whatever. But you also need to have like. Like, the reason we have abdominal muscles is so we can move our, like, abdomens around. If you don't have any muscles there, or, like... Those are on the outside. it's just a shell, it's, like, doesn't make any sense. I Those don't know. are on the outside. It's very, um... It's very, uh... uh, uh advanced technology, you wouldn't understand. Sure. Okay. Um, needless to say, we, we get this interesting sort of scene where Optimus's spark is literally, like, a foot away from Optimus Prime's spark, and there's, like, this sort of energy beam that emanates from the two of them to connect and Optimus is, you know, sort of in pain. And then we see prime sparks sort of shoot into his body. Primal flies off to the side. We get this little spark holder falling scene and it sort of cracks and, you know, splits open and everybody's like, Oh, and then Rhinox tells Black Arachne to get the repair equipment online, which it, we get like this sort of flying, platform that Rhinox then hops onto and starts well, plat- the repair job. Platform for Rhinox. It's 
I would think if it was the an Autobot using it, it'd be like a uh, rather like a large, table. yeah, or a large laptop. Yeah, yeah. And then we then get the 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 device that ref- referred to earlier that was very similar to like Total Recall, and it it sort of envelops the head of Optimus Prime. Uh, it kind of like here. it kind of reminded me of like the scene from Indiana Jones, but backwards. Wait, which, which Where they, when they look at the arc? And everybody's face melts? Yes, yes, but it's the reverse. It's like they're unmelting. Ah. Uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's not like a perfect metaphor. <laughs> I assume everyone watched the episode, so they should agree with me. <laughs> if if not, they at least could probably, well, at least see what you're talking see about. See what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. Um. So we, we got to Megatron, who is, you know, starting to come to his senses a bit. And he's radioing for backup. We've got Waspinator who has managed to piece himself together for the most part, and he puts his head back on. We then get Inferno, and something I noticed with Inferno, uh, he, he looks really banged up. But <laughs> his yeah. abdomen jet is open, and one of the wings, like there's a yeah. circle, and there's yeah. question marks inside the circle. <laughs> he's, he, I mean, like, I'm really glad he, he looks really fucked up. But I mean, he, oh, like, yeah. he should have after what happened last time. Yeah, yeah I can't at the very the least, they I, at least, yeah, at the very least, they at least did that. I mean, yeah, yeah. the dissolve effect, like I said, I think because with the way it was being used in that episode, I think they just they just got it for their computers and they just wanted to try it. Yeah, yeah. I I just I can't decide whether I'm happy or sad that he's alive. Because on the one hand, he's a compelling, interesting character that I like and have nostalgia for. On the other hand, I thought he died. Yeah. And I yeah, and I so. thought I, I thought I had finally figured out how to tell whether or not characters <laughs> really died. It's it is it is confusing. Yeah. Well, to say the least. Oh, uh, there was some, I was looking for a break to mention. I, I noticed when uh, when I watched it on the new like on the DVDs that I had. That not only was the opening a little different, like they cut out scenes from se- season three, uh, which are a little spoilery, yeah, <laughs> in a weird way. But but also when it says Beast Wars Transformers, there's a warm sound as it goes over Transformers, as like to to kind of not only like remind or point out that uh, they are tying it into Transformers, and especially with this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, like it is Transformers; it's just a different yeah series of Transformers. Well, like, the, the emphasis on the Transformers is kind of like, I felt like they were emphasizing a reminder of G1 for some reason. Okay. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. But yes, so we we see Inferno, <laughs> he, he very, uh, he's very stumbly and, and manages to lift himself off into the air. And we get the creepiest face of him sort of zooming in on the camera before we cut back to the Maximals. And it was, ugh, looks yeah. so weird. Um, but we come back to the Maximals. Uh, Primal is, you know, sort of still, you can see him writhing in pain and you see his shadow off to the side a little bit. Um, Black Arachnia is working the equipment, getting Optimus Prime's head repaired. And like, Rhinox yells at her to go faster, huh? Yeah, she's like, this technology is four million years old. It takes time. And then Rattrap is like, well, time you don't have, she spider, spider. And then Silverbolt's like, you'll have to shoot through me, rodent. Well, because yeah, he doesn't just say time you don't. Have, yeah, because he's gonna shoot her. Like, yeah, he yeah. talks. Like, to, we should specify yeah. that. Like, he 
it's fucked. Like, what the hell, Rat Trap? Like, <laughs> the, yeah. that's not going to help anything. Yeah, <laughs> Emily. She's already you, helping you. <laughs> Emily, Dinobot's been dead for a little while. You're kind of forgetting that Rat Trap is racist. <laughs> okay, sure. Like, things I have forgot. gotten more progressive, like, with this whole Silverbolt interracial relationship that Silverbolt and Black Arachnia have. Uh, but... But you got to remember that fundamentally, most of the Maximals on this show are racist. That's Pointy. a core. That's a core tenet. That's like in the Beast Wars Bible. Uh, anyway. It's on the golden disc, but that's been destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Jordan. Okay, I don't. I, I, I missed it. But that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You can laugh at it later. I will, but I just feel like when I listen to the episode, I'll, I'll hear it and find it hilarious. But yes, um, so Rhinox essentially puts that to bed rather quickly. He's like, we don't have time for this. Um, he turns this circuit regeneration on to maximum to get, you know, Optimus Prime repaired hopefully faster. Um, we then, we cut back to, I think we cut back to the Predacons? Yes, because, um, well, first Cheetor ask Optimus what's going on because we see that he's undergoing a metamorphosis I guess you could say and we see like a crack in his arm and something starts popping out yeah. of it. It's a very uh, horror movie. Yes. Yeah and there's like a light that's shining from his arm and then it cuts to like his shadowy silhouette and then it back to him and we see his hand explode yeah, and turn into a bigger hand. Out. Yeah. Um, oh this is when but unfortunately, um, we don't have bigger Luke to to gauge it. <laughs> I'm sure Luke would have been interested to comment on this. It's not a um, woman. <laughs> we 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 then cut to the the arachnoids who and, are are working away at putting tarantulas back together. And is it just me, or are they just absolutely adorable in this episode? Yeah, they're like they the little the little one with the little re- with a little rope, like jerking back to try and pull the leg. Yeah. And yeah, there's one, one of them like falls. Yeah, like, there's one scene where the three of them are pushing their leg, and one falls, and then it just gets up and quickly runs after it. Yeah, it definitely puts <laughs> some character into them. This time. Yeah, yeah. And we get the one that that knocks off uh, Ravage's head off the side of the cliff. There's like one that has like a little bucket on its back, and you see somebody you know load something into it. And, yeah, we also get um, Quick Strike's snake arm sort of slithering to to the rest of his body. Uh, we've almost a Looney Tune-esque rampage, sort of like he's completely Char- covered in, yeah, he's like completely covered in, in like soot from the missile from last episode. And he's and he just gets a rock that he just yeah. falls off of. Yeah, he just sort of like peels he, off he, of it <laughs> and falls onto the ground. And you hear Megatron in the background, like ordering them all to, you know, put themselves back together and that the situation has been altered. Um, from here, we then cut back to the Maximals. <laughs> Rattrop's like, gotta love these old machines. Crude, but the uh, the parts are cheap. And then we, we cut to Cheetor, who's like, guys, check out Big Bot. And so we see Optimus now in his optimal Optimus form, which is... He's fucking massive. Yeah. There's he, steam rising off of him when they when they cut to him. Yeah. And I kind of think he's he's doing the the Terminator two, uh, yeah. a little bit. Like it it just kind of it just kind of reminded me of it. I don't know if that's what he actually was doing. I can see it. 
I can definitely see it. Um, but Cheetor asks him how how he is, and he's like, in a word, prime. <laughs> he towers over them. So yeah. like he, he's he can fit them in his paw. So I have one thing to say about this form because I generally like it. I mean, I have its. I don't know. I'm. I. It doesn't offend me the way that some other things. I like have. it definitely more than his last form. Except for one yeah. thing that it does offend me is that his face looks like he's in blackface. Oh, I don't uh, see that at all. I don't Wait, see that at me... all. <laughs> it, it just looks like his original Optimus face with different colors. Yeah. Yeah, except for it's like, except for it's like a dark out. blue with like super with super pale lips, just like uh, just like a black face. But they're not lips. It's it's just like they're like cause it's supposed to be like the blue parts the face plate, and there's an opening in the face plate. I mean, I mean, but, but like lips. Like. I'm just saying, if you refer to the if you refer to the chat, I'm pretty sure this is a picture of him. Oh my god! Oh god. What is this gonna be? Uh, I knew it! I knew it! No, I mean, that's no. that's basically what he looks like. I'm no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> like, uh, to be fair, when he first stands up, it's hard to tell the coloring. Like the the blue, the blue of his faceplate around his mouth does look a little off. But then when you get better looks at it, at that you know it becomes much more clear. <laughs> especially yeah. like, especially in an episode or like in this scene, like shortly after that. Where it's it, it, you do actually get to see his full face. I think yeah. I think the one that's a close up on his face looks the most like that. <laughs> no, not not me. But yeah. Yes. I don't... Moving on, um, <laughs> we we get Megatron who um, appears on the scene. Uh, he's like, this is but a, a temporary delay, and so he and and he's got Inferno with him. I mean, look at and, that uh, picture. Just look at that picture. Like it's the same thing as they're 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 the same. No, they're no no. <laughs> the the gray on the mouth. We're not only for this, Kendall. We I, got to continue. Okay, I'm. Yeah. I mean, I guess you guys don't agree with me. Um, I guess you guys are wrong, but you know, I'm just saying it's a problematic costume. Yeah. Well, it's not a costume for one thing, but like, cause it's like the thing is that the, the white part isn't raised. Like, if it was erased, I could kind of see what you're saying, but it's clearly, like, lower than the other part of the face, which is no. not how lips work. They don't look like I, lips to me. They're definitely his lips. <laughs> they're definitely lips. Like, that is... But are you... No, that but is where his mouth is. is. And, it's the, like, and it's the juxtaposition of the dark with the white. I mean, that is that is what that is what minstrels look... That is how minstrels looked. Like... <laughs> can we just move on from this point? <laughs> yeah, let, let's move on. We should... We tried. Yeah. Um, so we, we get uh, Megatron and Inferno. They they attack the Autobots. And we then get the, the first transformation of, of the new Optimus as he uh, takes on his really his gorilla big gorilla mama. form. Yeah, which looks yeah. really cool. I like how he yeah. throws up like plating of his and like uses it as a shield to block everyone else. And that yeah. looks really cool. Yeah, because he ejects the like even the toy is able to do this as well, um, sort of like these shoulder plates that he's got. Um, I don't want to say that they're pauldrons, but very they're almost like that. They they pop off his shoulders into the air. He grabs them and they open up and he slams them into the ground and they act as a shield for That's the really um, cool. yeah. They act as a shield for the the fire that that Megatron and Inferno just you know shot and. Um, and Optimus then uh, transforms again back into his robot mode, 
and we see that he has a a chest mounted uh, sort of like double barreled guns and a targeting reticle right in the middle of his chest that immediately aims in the center of Megatron's chest. Yeah, and like here's the thing too, right? Like he he's kind of like they kind of come to his conclusion. Like I'm jumping ahead a little bit where it's like we can't fight the Pentagons here because it'll yeah. like possibly break the ship up. Yeah. And all that, like, right? Take it outside. Yeah. So, okay, cool. But, but he could just grab Megatron and crush him in his bare hands at this point. <laughs> That's how much Probably. bigger he is to Megatron. Like, he does not have to shoot. He could kill Megatron easy without even firing anything. Yeah. No, yeah. he's not. He may be bigger, but he doesn't mean he's stronger. We established later in the episode that he's not as strong. I mean, we already established in the trivia that he's not as strong as when he was in his original form and could do something about the uh, about the base. Well, I mean, I think that's just like that's just. He, I think he's stronger. I think he's definitely stronger. <laughs> just saying, bigger's he not can, necessarily stronger. He can carry three of the Maximals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bigger's typically stronger. Like okay, you know what? I, I don't. Like, th- you know what? I, it's <laughs> not that he's that a question of strength. I think he just doesn't realize he can, he has the strength yet. That very well could be for for all all the joking of how you see is to. Uh, to his body it's more of him being used to be able to change forms he he's still kind of not actually thinking like oh i could just like grab him and hold him down or uh or i can lift you know the the full ship i bet you like as as they were like salvaging the ship he just picked up the bridge and and started carrying it away he's like oh oh well i should have known that sooner (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know i i mean i know a lot of 400 pound people who aren't that strong that's all i'm saying but that's, that's okay. Yes, we're not but talking about being fat. We're talking about being thirty feet tall. He's a four hundred <laughs> like pound gorilla. But you, es- we established that he's hollow. He doesn't have any muscles. Kind of hollow. <laughs> Previous <laughs> form. A whole different form. Yeah, like you think he, uh, you like think the, he grew there muscles. There is a difference, there, a difference between four hundred pounds and being an obese four hundred pounds and being like close to four hundred pounds and being thirty feet. Well, not 30 feet. I want to say, like, probably 15 feet tall and, He's very you know, jack the shit. Yeah, yeah. I know like tall people that aren't very strong, too. His hands are as big as Megatron. Yeah. It's like comparing, say, like, I'm going to use, like, wrestling terminology. Well, not terminology, but I'm, I'm going to make a comparison in wrestling terms. It's like taking Yoko Suna and somebody like The Big Show, who is, like, over seven feet tall and... While not like, well, no, I suppose Brock Lesnar would probably be a better example. It'd be like taking a, a character like from wrestling, like Yokosuna, who was like well over 300 pounds, I think almost 400 pounds. And then you have a guy like Brock Lesnar, who's like 330 and is built like a brick shithouse. You know, I that doesn't they're, help. They're, I don't know what wrestling is. OK, um, um <laughs> Brock Lesnar was like heavyweight world champion in the UFC and is he's played football he was like ranked he was like wrestling champion in like greco-roman wrestling through college and like the ncaa and then but but here's the here's the thing here's the thing though optimus didn't do a bunch of push-ups and get strong he put he put he he supercharged clearly an upgrade i don't understand the argument (laughs) no no i mean i mean is it's it's just like the episode where pterosaur zapped himself with extra strong uh with extra strong energon, like it, it, or it could be at least. And he, he also, he has, 
He has all of the universe floating around unstably inside of his chest right now. So, I mean, he it's re- it would be really dumb to be reckless because if he well, acts because yeah. if he falls down and and the spark bumps into his spark, then the entire universe ceases to exist. Sure. But I still think he could he could he could take him right now. And yeah, but whatever. He also doesn't have any end game. He wants to. He does. His end game is Megatron needs to go outside. That's what he wants. That's his goal. He doesn't want to kill Megatron. He doesn't have a way to arrest him. I mean, he doesn't have an end game. That's. I mean, it's it's back to that. You know. That's. Well, the, you know, he does have a one cute little line because Megatron's like, "You wouldn't risk firing in here. You might upset history." And then he's like, "We'd have four million years to clean you off the walls, Megatron." I might risk it. <laughs> I actually have a screen cap of that line right now. It has the subtitles there and everything. Yeah. And again, I shouldn't bring it up again, but it's definitely not in this close-up. His lips. It's his, his lips are a part of it, but it's imagine you have a chin strap and then you have a band over your nose, and then and that part's blue and the chin strap's blue. Like it's not like his okay. face is blue and then it's just his lips are white. Like okay, there's more know, than just the lips. Like it's like okay, ah, yeah. you know what it actually reminds me more of? Uh, Cell's second in perfect form from DVD. Well, that's not a good. That's not a good. That's not a good. Form I know that's not a good form because <laughs> he has he does have giant lips in that form. Yeah. <laughs> it almost sort of reminds me of if he's wearing like an old school sort of football helmet with like the one bar across the face sort of thing. Yeah, that's almost what it reminds me. Yeah, of. that's a pretty good way of saying it, actually. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like he. It's almost like his his main head is a grayish color, and then he's wearing a helmet that's orange and blue. Exactly. Yeah. No. That's what it. That's what it seems like to me. Uh, well, you can. It can seem like that, but no, I disagree. Well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on this. Hey, I didn't bring it up. Yes, you. Yes, you did. I brought it up like twenty minutes ago. I haven't talked about it since then. <laughs> I had my say. Anyway, moving on. We really, we really must learn not to engage this. Yeah. Um, so we get um, Ryan Trapp is like, well, for Bolna Cole, would you just shoot him? He's like, I'm trying to avoid that. Ryan Trapp's like, oh, well, then just let me do it. And he also just, like freaks out and smacks him away. And it gives Megatron a second to call in Waspinator to cause a distraction. So... Optimus pretty much knocks over all of the other Maximals. Megatron and Inferno make their escape out of the Ark. Um, meanwhile, Black Arachne, who has been watching all of this, sort of snuck out. She transformed into her spider mode and, and snuck out of the ship. Um, as the Predacons are getting away, Rashop's like, oh, we got to follow them. And Optimus is like, oh, our, he's like, oh, our ship, it's unguarded. And so as they start chasing them... Um, Optimus transforms and we sort of cut away from him and we see the other Maximals looking at him sort of surprised. So we cut to outside and we've got Megatron saying, congratulations, Maximals, you get to be the first Cybertronian fossils. And as he, right after he says that, he pans out of view. We see Optimus rise up sort of like from a crevice in the volcano and he's in this sort of jet mode. And we've got Cheetor, Rattrap, and Silverbolt all like standing on him while he's in this form. Like there's one on each wing and then Cheetor is like on top of his big double barrel gun. <laughs> it looks pretty damn cool to me. And actually I've got that toy on my shelf. I should really transform it into that mode at some point. Cause I love that mode. Um, but the Predacons start shooting their way out of the, out of the volcano. We get Rattrap saying, 
I hate to say it, but we're trapped like rats. And that's when we would have... Get it? Because he's rat trap. Yep. But don't wah, wah, wah. So <laughs> it, um, it cuts to a commercial, and when we cut back, we've got Optimus using his sort of shields again to... to Shield everybody from uh, from the falling debris. <laughs> I was gonna say I just saw a jet form again. I love how it's a jet with fists, <laughs> like it's just yes. a giant jet with yeah. fists. Yeah. Glad somebody I likes that. How, like, I like how uh, how Prime's um like Prime Spark is just in his cockpit. Yeah, that's where it is. Like, <laughs> like in full view of everybody. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, it's um, like Prime's Spark is driving plane. Yeah, um, and it's funny too because. Um, we're starting to see Optimus's voice. Well, when he first got transformed, we had like sort of an echoey effect on his voice. Now, when he's talking, it's sounding a bit, a bit deeper with that echo. And we we get Optimus saying, "Stay close, Maximals. It's time to transform and roll out." And so once he says that, you hear him transforming again, and he turns into like this sort of. Almost like a truck mode, like it's not like a transport truck. It's a it's, tank, isn't yeah. it? It looks yeah, like a tank. Sort of like, it, I almost, I want to say it's almost like the, it almost reminded me of the the Batmobile from Batman Begins, from the Nolan verse movies. Oh, like the Tumblr? Yeah, very Tumblr-esque. Not the vlog site vehicle. No. <laughs> but, um, so the, the Predacons managed to escape, and there was... Uh, sort of like a rock slide that you know sealed the volcano off again. I feel, I feel like there's a joke about Tumblr and fisting in there somewhere, but I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's on Tumblr. I was just about it's to on say. A Tumblr. <laughs> there's just about everything on Tumblr because the yeah, it has those giant fists again. I don't know. like. It's just they've just completely abandoned the idea that you're gonna have. A form where you look like one thing and then a form where you look like another thing. It's just like all function and uh, yeah. I, I just think like how goofy it is. I just like it's, that myself. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe if I was in a... I mean, it's not offensively terribly designed like Optimus is. It just sort of feels like when I was a kid and I'd have like a... Le- I'd like build a Lego ship and then I'd like <laughs> add extra things and then I'd add more extra things to it and then eventually it would just be like a utter monstrosity and then I would drop it and it would shatter into a million pieces that it kind is of... a bit of a monstrosity but that's, I kind of like that like, it's kind of it's kind of goofy and fun and stupid it is stupid it's like ridiculous but I kind of like that a bit. I yeah yeah I mean maybe maybe and maybe I'll I'll come back around the corner I just think I think it's it's a weird tone thing like sometimes I think a lot of times this show struggles with the tone it struggles with knowing when it wants to be silly and when it wants to be serious and i think right oh. now it, it's trying to be serious and thinks that's cool which maybe it's just because it's dated maybe that's just like it's the 90s we're shiny metal it's about to get yeah. really silly it's about to get really silly so i don't know well you there's know? also the fact too that they sort of betrayed his transformation as this almost horrific sort of transformation so it sort of makes sense that making a transformation like that, it's gonna be awkward. It's gonna be blocky. It's gonna be big and huge. And <laughs> so, so do you it's think almost the, Frankenstein? Do you think the toy designers, effect. the toy designers, showed the writers this this toy, and the writers were like, "Oh my god, that looks 
terrible. How are we going to write this into the show? It's really possible. I wouldn't have put it past them. Okay, I like it better now. <laughs> I just I don't. Say- I just really don't like um, having a million different modes. I. I just. I mean, you can get. You know, for the original Optimus, he was a. He had his beast form, and he had his robot form, and he had some jetpacks. Like. Like that's, I mean, Cheetor is a cool design too. Like Transmetal Cheetor is a cool design too. It has a robot form, has a cat form that's a metally, and has a, just some rocket boosters. But like all the other extra forms of all the other characters look dumb. Quick Switch and Six Shot were my favorite tra- Transformer toys. I don't know <laughs> what those are. They They're literally form Transformers. They oh. literally had six things, and they basically were like this, like where the forms were just. I mean, like the it was kind of just basically functionally what what they were. It's like a jet, but it still was kind of obvious that it was still their basic body that was just in a different position, kind of thing. Yeah. But I still yeah. like them. I mean, you're allowed to like them. Uh-huh. I just, I just, I think, I think I've identified like having. I mean, I know that the Michael Bay movies are just bad, but like, I feel like anytime there's a like, I think the thing that I like about Beast Wars is that duality between the the machine. Ro- the like the robot form and the and the animal form and like some of my favorite episodes in the first season were those were like like where they really kind of tried to become one with in touch with their animal form and they just seem to have sort of abandoned that in the in in these later episodes and this is sort of just emblematic I mean of of um, that of that direction that the show has taken I mean they they freaking murdered the two characters that really embraced their animal form in the second season so. I I, I I will I want to say that like the reason I don't have such a big problem with this like huge upgrade that's ridiculous is because it is like the last few episodes like it's just this is like thirteen episodes it's like it's like the the end game of the series this is when Super Saiyan four comes out you know what I mean like that it it doesn't really bother me that he gets this like giant upgrade at the very end we had we had like twenty six episodes with like normal ass Optimus. I, I mean, I'm fine. And, and, and it, honestly, Kendall, the way you're describing it, I'm like, Kendall might like beast machines because <laughs> beast machines, <laughs> yeah, like it depowers that. them ridiculously. And then it also makes it so that there's a really heavy emphasis on the duality between organic and technological. Yeah. So it's really interesting when we get there. All right, uh, cool. Know. I'm glad because, because <laughs> I'm, Starting to be afraid that I don't like Beast Wars is is where I'm is kind of, I mean this this it feels like we're moving in the right direction again but it's just I don't know I I feel like I've I, in the second season I disliked more episodes than I liked but the episodes that I liked I really liked so I don't know mm-hmm. well we shall see as we go along and, um and oops, just, sorry, just I was just gonna say no matter what if you come to the decision at the end that you don't like Beast Wars. You're still welcome to stay on the show. You don't have to leave or anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna like kick you off because you don't like the show. Well, well I mean, <laughs> it's whether he wants to do a show. Yeah, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would want to do a podcast so every week of of a, of a show that I dislike. I mean, I guess if you, I guess I could be the dissenting opinion, but um, I mean, you but know, like, I mean, I was you like, fall you know, into a trap. If, with if, that, if all said and done, you don't like season three. I will say that you liked half the series, which is still decent, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, big picture, yes. If you count if you count season one as 20, like, if you say, I liked season one, because I did like season one as a whole, uh, even though there were a lot of imperfections and I was kind of a hater, but, like, looking back, I'm super nostalgic on it. But, yeah, like, 
I guess I, I probably like liked <laughs> I probably liked enough of season two to make up for the episodes that I didn't like of season one. Yeah, so that's how math works. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um yeah, we gotta power through this episode. We're we're like oh gosh. a little over halfway through. We're about almost two thirds of the way through. So then the, um, the then they explode the, the base and then they get the new base at the end. Well, <laughs> There's some stuff that happens in between. Um, Megatron finds Black Arachne. She's been pinned under uh, a rock. After the last rock slide. Yeah. And uh, he basically says, well, there's not going to be any more betrayals. Cause, and she's like, you thought I was going to sacrifice myself for your crazy ambitions. You're wrong. So he basically is fed up with her. He shoots her and goes flying off with Inferno and Waspinator. And Optimus is busted through in his truck mode or tank mode through the rocks. And Silverbolt sees her. We get this rather melodramatic scene where, you know, he's very concerned for her. And he's like, oh, dark poison of my heart. Abide me with me yet a while. <laughs> dark poison of my heart. So yeah. Good. My, my <laughs> wife told me that when I said, oh, dark poison, of when they said, oh, dark poison of my heart. My wife told me that that sounded like a song lyric that I would write, and I'm not sure if that was a compliment or if she was making fun of me. <laughs> well, I take it as a compliment, I guess. <laughs> no, I take mean, it as you will. That yeah. the, this this bit with with uh, Silverbolt and Black Arachnia is pretty good, yeah. um, and it, it, it's it's it it does it does what the guardian what the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie was trying to do and failed miserably at doing. It, you have like a scene where there's legitimately like this emotion, and then and then uh, Rat Trap and Rhinox know what's going on because I guess because they've been on the show since the beginning, so they can tell they've they've figured out how to tell whether a character has died or not. Except for that doesn't work <laughs> because Megatron thought that he killed her, and he still and, and she still survived. So maybe he didn't actually, think he killed her. Actually, maybe he was like, okay, well I gotta run away now, so bye. But like, yeah, uh, that's the other thing. I was thinking that maybe he did not actually think the uh, Maximals would actually rep- help her get repaired. Like, she was in stasis lock, but she might be at the point where if she didn't eventually right. get some repair, she would she would basically, like, bleed out kind of thing. Yeah. And he did not think the Maximals would do anything for her. Almost like a Dinobot situation that we would have had in Season 2, like when he passed. Right. Like, he would have right. thought, probably thought that, okay, she's in stasis lock, but it's not going to hold her like that forever. It's eventually she's going to go if they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And he was probably anticipating their prejudice against her to... Because yeah. you know. she's, she's, she's betrayed them, too, when she's worked with yeah. them, so... Yeah, I mean, and I guess he said... Or I guess the other thing is he said there's going to be no more betrayals, so that just means that she's not gonna, he's not going to... She's not on his team anymore, so he's not going to... That's true, too. ...work with her, yeah. but I, I think we're all jumping through hoops. He thought he killed her. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he taught too. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do get like a, a nice little back and forth between them where she's like, "I almost wish I was a better girl," and he's like, "But you are because the last moment you <laughs> took a stand and you saved me and the universe." And she's like, "Well, I was just trying to save my own skin." And he's like, "Well, but you saved everybody else with it, um, including him." Yeah, and he's like, "Like never before in my life, my heart are now yours." And she's like, "Oh, you really mean it, don't you?" And he's like, "With all my spark." <laughs> so she starts to sort of like glitch out a bit and he's like in in these in this last dark moment say that you will be a maximal and she's like 
for you, Rover, I join your side, but as a Predacon, goodbye. And we then get him clutching her to his chest, and he's like, no. And then he, you know, sort of lets out this blood-curdling scream. <laughs> it turns <laughs> into a howl. Yeah, and, uh, and Ratchet's like, where's my cyber violin? And is like, sounds like a dick move if she yeah. has to die. Yeah. 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 is like, very, very touching silver bolts, but she's just in stasis lock. Yeah, and then Ratchet's yeah. like, yeah, so if you can qu- quit clutching her to your manly chest plate. Crushing her is what he said. Yeah, crushing her to your manly torso plate for a while. <laughs> what, say, what say we start the repairs? He's like, oh, uh, uh, yes, very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silver bolts. Yeah. Um, we, we then cut to, to Optimus and, and Cheetor as they're chasing after the Predacons. Uh, Waspinator turns around as he's flying and sees Holy them. Holy shit. Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> and Cheetor transforms in the air and shoots Waspinator. He goes flying off. Which, and then. By oops, the way, sorry, doesn't ahead. he. Uh, Cheetor transforms and actually retains his his jets. So I think, which I think is kind of weird. Like either yeah. does he retain either. his jets? I thought he just like transformed, shot, and then used his momentum to fly into Inferno, which I thought was a really fucking cool maneuver. Actually, I, yeah. you know, I'm not sh- too sure. No, he doesn't have his jets. He just, he doesn't even have his jets before okay. he transforms. Well, like, yeah, that that was the animation error. Yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't see his animation error. I saw it as him like t- putting his jets in and like. He's he's falling and using his momentum to shoot Waspinator and then go into Inferno. But maybe it actually there. he's not falling because when he goes to shoot Waspinator when he transforms, he actually lifts up into I the guess, air more. I guess he does, but it's still yeah. really cool. Yeah, I I thought I saw some. The basically the the white. Uh, it does look like there's some light back there too, and there isn't. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I it, guess. Um, right. But it's cool. Still yeah. really yeah. cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Cheetor, Cheetor manages to take out Waspinator and Inferno. Um, Optimus transforms and just as Megatron points his weapon at him, he grabs it, pulls it out of his hand, and jams it into one of Megatron's uh, foils and makes him fall. But uh, Megatron still gets a chance to radio Rampage to tell him to enact whatever plan it was that he had told him to do. Says, enact the plan. Shoot it, Optimus, so that he will deflect the missile and and destroy the base. Oh no! <laughs> First plan was to drag the base into the into the water. Yeah, yeah, because we got him and a bunch of the arachnoids with a bunch of ropes all I, pulling. I love the, the little one the just like along. trying to pull it backwards. Yeah. All the others are like, yeah. Um, but that doesn't really work for very long because Optimus shows up and uses his wings to to cut all of the ropes. Uh, he does like ramp- a side dive bomb through the ropes. Yeah. It's um, really cool. Rampage transforms and he doesn't look impressed. He points a gun. Optimus transforms and just slugs him in the face. But he <laughs> Rampage still manages to shoot off a missile, and that's when we get the thing that we alluded to earlier with Optimus deflecting the missile. It goes flying off and crashes into the the sort of mountain that's been holding up the axle on all this time. Um, the ship sort of crashes down. The ground beneath it buckles and it starts front, to tear apart. The- yeah, the front half falls forward first. Yeah, and it falls into the, it breaks off from the main part of the ship. Uh, as it hits the water, we then see Optimus sort of coming to, and he's like, "No!" And then the 
basically the other two thirds of the ship go crashing into the water yeah. after. Um, that Rampage. kind of explains it actually, because he's like kind of debilitated, and yeah. then by the time he wakes up, it's like already fallen, so he couldn't yeah. really stop it even if he wanted to. Yeah, um, we then get uh, Rampage who, in a last ditch dick move, uh, cackles and then jumps off the side of the cliff into the water. <laughs> he dives up <laughs> after it. It was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, like aquatic ah, animal. Ah, so. ah, ah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to raid Cheetor's room. <laughs> so uh, I was watching this scene and I was like, OK, where? Because I was I was mostly invested in this episode. I know I've been I've been uh, complaining about the things, but uh, that's what I do. But um, <laughs> uh, I was watching this scene and I was like, OK, is this going to be am I going to feel like when the Enterprise gets destroyed in Star Trek three or am I going to feel like when the Enterprise gets destroyed in Star Trek Beyond? And. I gotta say it was uh, in between, but probably closer to three. I think this was uh, a pretty good, especially for the show, a pretty good, uh, like, this is important. This is a thing that's changing the situation. You know, their their base just got destroyed. Now, fortunately, just like in Power Rangers, they do have another cooler base. But still, this did feel yeah. like it had a little bit of impact. Like, it, it felt like a uh, end of an era sort of thing. A... A big thing that happens in the last season of a show, I think. I think definitely, um, like what what Emily was saying about the Optimus transformation, uh, really applies here as well. Mm-hmm. And a note about they have a bit another cooler, bigger base. I they actually make that bigger, cooler base with parts of the old base, which I <laughs> thought was which is what I think makes part of it a cooler thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're making the base so that they can watch over the Ark. Because if Megatron could still potentially come and kill, right, Optimus. right, yeah, they obviously need to. They obviously need to guard the Ark at this point because that's prop. I if I was if I was writing the show, that would be Megatron's goal for this whole season. Yeah, like how Optimus kind of wakes up for a second and looks at Primal, and there's like this <laughs> swirling vortex in his eyes, and I'm like, I don't really get that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I guess that was a storm receding or something. I don't know. Bam. So. We get Cheetor who says, man, talk about your icy cold slag. Um, he asks Optimus what they do now, and Optimus is like, for now, regroup and return our precious cargo to its rightful vessel. So, Oh, back back at when the, the ship fell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We kind of went um, forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Optimus and Cheetor both transform. They fly off into the distance. Um, we then get uh, op- the scene with Optimus. Uh, oh wait, you met, forgot to mention Tarantulas laughing behind a rock. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, Tarantulas. Was, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was snickering behind a rock as they flew away. Um, obviously, plotting more things that, but he doesn't really, you know, allude to anything at all. Just sort of laughs, and that's about it. Yeah, you know, it's probably um, a good thing their base got destroyed because how the fuck would Optimal Optimus get inside the old base? <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking maybe he did it on purpose. <laughs> he seems to have, he seems to have a plan right away. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, he probably, you know, that that he shrugged that missile off pretty easily. He probably could have directed it any direction he wanted to, and instead he directed it at the base. I suppose so. It all works out in the end, as we'll come to find out, because. We we get a uh, a scene where Optimus uh, releases the spark from his cockpit, so to speak, uh, and it floats <laughs> up, and he manages to reattach the 
the sort of spark holder and then it floats back into Optimus Prime's chest. Uh, we see Optimus Prime's eyes glow blue and we sort of get this close up on Primal and Prime sort of face to face for a moment and we then get a zoom in on Optimus Prime's eye as it shows the, the time vortex sort of fading away and then Prime goes back into his stasis lock and everybody breathes a big sigh of relief as, you know, they don't have to worry about history being irrevocably changed again. I thought no. they were just, I thought the show was, they were just fans of Men in Black and that's why they had the thing in his eye. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, but yeah, so from here, uh, they're they're like, well, now we got to keep this place safe for the next you know couple million years. I'm like, oh yeah, no problem with that. And then, but Optimus is like, yep, that, he's like, that's right. And he's like, the first thing we need to do is fortify this place. He's like, Megatron will be back. So start rounding up all the salvage you can find. And so we get uh, a scene where it cuts to this sort of panel with this big red button and we see Optimus Primal's big hand pushing the button and then we get this like little power-up sequence and so we've got the front half of the Axelon that had crashed into the water has with, been salvaged. Like, with the bridge uh, and like the floor below the bridge. Yeah. And it's it's sort of been put in into the, the cave right beside the Ark and it's got supports holding it up <laughs> and we see Optimus sort of standing on the floor below the main floor of the bridge and he's like we're moving in and then that's the end of the episode so there you go interesting way to start season three sure yep i i do like that it, it's it's this this um this season definitely upset the status quo more than the last one did mm-hmm. which it really wasn't that much of an upset it was just they have new forms and then there's less energon that's about it well this one's like it's a whole new game they killed off two major characters in the season premiere last season. There was an upset of the status quo. I mean, I guess yeah, the the yeah, this is a beer change. Um, and it was actually this is actually a like a pretty good episode, and it and it followed up. It did a good job following up uh, the the previous um, the previous season and everything. And uh, it feels more like the. I felt like the factions were kind of all over the place at the end of last season, and it seems like people are more or less falling into rank, although we don't really know what Tarantulas is going is doing. I have a feeling Tarantulas is, is more in line with Megatron now that he was exposed as a member of the secret police or whatever. And considering their agent didn't, uh, is now no longer around and not being rebuilt. Right, right. It might just be a, a case of, like, he just... it's. He's it's his only chance of basically getting back at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me it um it sort of hit home that you know the first two seasons we were slowly seeing a ramp up and now we're we're starting to see um what's at stake I guess with regards to this battle. Like when we first started this, we were like, oh well, either one side is going to win or the other, and you know. The ramifications are, will Megatron just get a bunch of Energon and then try and conquer the galaxy, or will the Maximals stop him? And now we've gotten into this much deeper, almost, I can't, I don't want to say metaphorical, but it, it's it's a much deeper sense of what's at stake in regards to this entire series now, because they literally have all of history up to that point and countless lives that can be affected if they fail. Right. So... 
it's for for someone else in that situation you would like for me myself mind you it's is completely unrealistic sort of scenario but having those sorts of stresses of if you fail you are looking at the possibility of billions if not trillions of lives either being lost or affected in some adverse way would be you know quite daunting to say the least i think so yeah like, i mean i found I mean, the first the the the, whole, the you know the first season it this was red it was red versus blue it was if yeah. even if we win and we defeat them all tomorrow then we'll have two bases on a yeah. straight on a planet with no way in and out yeah, yeah. and now it's actual like really big stake <laughs> yeah. yeah and even you could say it's still very reminiscent of red versus blue in like the later seasons right I mean, right yeah, where it totally went off the rails too. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it, it, it just, you know, we've gone from this almost like half, almost 22 minute toy commercial. It's still essentially a 22 minute toy commercial. I'll fully admit that. But we've got like an actual almost gripping story that has been developed now over the course of the past 30 some odd episodes. And it's, it, you know, this final season is going to be. For a show that would have been directed at kids from, like, the ages of, like, 8 to 12 or 13 or so, this next, these next 12 episodes at times can get really frickin' dark. Um, and even some of the episodes last season got that way, too. So, you know, it, it's... Interesting to see, for sure. You know, it's not really the sort of thing... like. I suppose with the Michael Bay movies now, you could say that it's sort of a sense of it. But I found that compared to those, which are almost dire just for the saints of sake of being dire, we're actually getting a somewhat compelling story in this series because of the way that they're having it unfold. So, And they don't throw like a ton of violence into it just for the sake of throwing in violence. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, this whole, the whole second season was just a snuff film, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we've got a news post, and we've also got a few questions. So why don't we take a really quick break, and then we will get back and get to those, and then i got to get cool. to bed. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. I know, buddy. A, uh, another news post from Lady K Hirsch on Twitter for us uh, this week. Uh, this week she says, Happy Summer Solstice Eve, my dear beasties. I don't know about the rest <laughs> of you, but here in Arizona, it's got dang hot right now. It's freaking hot. Oh, I couldn't even imagine Arizona. It was so yeah. hot today, uh, but the 
but the last week it was actually really cool and rainy. Yeah. I liked it. It was hot today though. Um, I think I think that is one of the nicest things about Pennsylvania is that uh, it doesn't get like sweltering hot like it does in in uh, southern states, but it still gets warm. And I hate the warmth and stuff like that, but it, at least it's not like 100 degrees uh, for yeah. for for three days in a row kind of warm. Yeah, I'm to, thankful I've got AC. So today, the uh, as they say on Teenagers with Attitude, the devil was beating his wife again. It was. Uh, it was pouring down rain and the sun was out, Ugh. and uh, and then it was hot and then it stopped like raining. No, it wasn't hot. It was actually pretty mild. But the, yeah, the sun would come out and it would start raining, and then they would get cloudy and it stopped raining, and and vi- vice versa. We we went from we went from we're gonna have a cookout to we're gonna cook in to we're gonna have a cookout to we're gonna have a cookout in the rain. To, uh, I hope this is done. If it's not, I'm going to microwave it. That was how we celebrated Father's Day. Um, and they were done and it was fine. Uh, and then I went for a walk and uh, I got to the furthest possible point from my apartment and then it started pouring down rain. Ooh. And that is why I was not wearing a shirt earlier. Gotcha. Yeah. The end. But, uh, and as it turns out, uh, as, as Casey types this, she is uh, currently scantily clad directly under a large fan. So, there you go. Um, but, but alas, uh, she shall endure uh, this hot heat for the sake of delivering the hot scoops to Warren Beast. First up, uh, we you, have. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Lady Thank you. First up, we have another TV spot for the movie, this time in the form of a foreign news car website ad. Uh, she's signaling this, or sing, singling this one out since it actually features several Decepticons and has one that isn't Megatron actually talking and in English. Uh, so we'll make sure that we link that on. I actually linked stuff on Twitter this past weekend in case people didn't notice. Oh, nice. Good job, Greg. <laughs> so there you I go. Saw. Um, I saw. She, she, she goes on to say that she is pretty sure that this is the first time we've gotten a Decepticon besides Megs and I think besides Starscream. Starscream, yeah. Uh, talking in one of these movie clips. Uh, also nice to see that at least one con well, will be speaking I th- in human language. I think language. she meant like for characters from this movie. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen exactly. a Decepticon character from that movie talking. Yeah. Um, also nice to see that at least one con will be speaking a human language since a lot of them in the previous films tended to speak mostly in Cybertronian with the subtitles. Um, she goes on to say, don't be surprised if Mohawk's voice sounds familiar. Uh, Mohawk is, I believe, one of the Decepticons in the upcoming movie. Uh, the voice behind him is Reno Wilson, who voiced Frenzy, Mudflap, and Brains in the four previous films. Uh, and also, speaking of returning cast members, uh, Tyrese Gibson uh, did an interview and confirmed that despite rumors, he will not be returning as Epps in, in this new movie. Uh, and in a little snippet from the interview, he, he goes on to say, So the truth is, when we were shooting Fast 8, I closed my deal for Transformers 5, and I was supposed to go from Fast 8 to T5. But because they shot a lot of the movie in, in Europe, my schedule didn't allow me to go from Atlanta to London in between those days. Uh, I mean, I was pissed. The goal was for me and Josh Duhamel to come back and surprise the fans that two of the guys from the original Transformers were back. Josh Duhamel was available, and I wasn't, so I was pissed. Uh, Poor guy, he really wanted to be in this movie. Yeah. Um, Speaking of of cast members not returning as well, 
both Mark Wahlberg and Michael Bay have said in separate interviews that this is their last Transformers movie. Now, Mark Wahlberg, I can believe Michael Bay pretty much says this after every Transformers movie that he does, that he that this is his last one. So I guess we'll see it when we see or, it. Or Michael Bay meant that this is Mark Wahlberg's last one. And that's what he means. Uh, I suppose. Um, Wahlberg also confirmed uh, on the Graham Norton show saying it's the last one. So I get my life back. And then he went on to complain about the haircut he had in the movie. Yeah, I thought that uh, I thought that Michael Bay said he was going to make eighteen more movies or something like that. Yeah. No, he he has he has been noted as saying that he has eighteen movies uh, that he can he can make for this for this franchise. Yeah, um, actually, Casey does make mention that for for Bay, she said, as for Bay, it's harder to say if he oh. needs it this time. Uh, and she she confirms what I said that he's made the same claim for the last few movies. That being said, since the next Transformers movie does actually have a different director, well, I guess there is a different director already signed. Yeah, I didn't realize the, that. the Bumblebee spin-off. Oh, that's is... right. Um, that it certainly seems a lot more convincing. That and the sudden billing of this movie as the final chapter in recent TV spots seems to back up both of them leaving the franchise. Um, she said she'd be lying if she said that she'd miss either of them. Uh, I'm pretty much the same way. Um <laughs> Lastly, we have some more new behind-the-scenes videos featuring Prime, Hound, and Bumblebee. Um, I saw the Prime one on the weekend where apparently he's having difficulty with a giant folding chair. Um, the the Hound and Bumblebee ones I sort of just saw before we came back on here. Um, sort of cute. The Prime one, I'm still sort of like He's still violent. Yeah, and she goes on to mention that once again, Optimus is needlessly violent. And Hound isn't being very nice either. B, on the other hand, did nothing wrong. Yeah. And those people are being very rude about his disability. And that yeah. He can't talk. Yeah, Jeez. like they, they, they keep telling him it's, for, it's a commercial for The Voice where uh, they want him to basically say a line. Yeah. And, and he Bumblebee just can't, can't speak. He has to use, yeah, he has to sing or, or basically use radio. And they keep yelling yeah. at him for it. Yeah. Um, she goes on to say that. She she wishes that she found them funny, but mostly she just found that they were eliciting eye rolls from her. Um, pretty much, you, you're not the only one. Um, so the, the she does go on to ask, um, so with the movie opening this week, uh, what are all of our viewing, or what are our viewing plans, and also what our favorite movie snacks are? It's definitely not opening for me this week because of where I live. Yeah. <laughs> As you all know, I've said about a few times that, like, it's just not, that's not how it's going to be. Um, so for me, I don't know what my viewing plans are. Like, uh, whenever it comes here, I'll go watch it. And what's my movie favorite movie stack? I like, uh, popcorn and Twix bars are probably, mm-hmm. and pop, but I don't drink pop anymore when I'm in a movie <laughs> because I have to pee. <laughs> uh, How about you, uh, Jordan? Um, I might go see it on opening weekend. I'm not too sure. I do want to kind of see it in theaters, just but I'm not sure if I'm going to try it. Like probably get like one of the afternoon or discount showings yeah. uh, somewhere. Um, just just for the simple fact that at this point I've actually watched all the other movies now, and I just want to see see this to cap it off. Uh, as for my favorite snack, um, I kind of like Bunch of Crunch that they've, that movie theaters have been selling like oh, recently. Okay. Like that didn't uh, like like I've mentioned before we started the podcast earlier. Like when I like when I get something with chocolate or anything like that, I kind of like it slightly cold, so it doesn't really melt in my hand. Yeah. So bunch of crunch is kind of like a really easy thing that that doesn't really you know 
get sticky or melty like uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, which I love, but but still uh, make a mess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bar- barring that, it's either like some like gummy like Sour Patch Kids or or Starburst. Kendall, how about you? Um. Uh, so for, I mean, I think probably popcorn is good. Uh, I don't usually get popcorn because it's expensive. Um, yeah. but uh, one of the local theaters does dollar hot dogs. So I'll do dollar hot dogs. It um, sounds amazing. Uh, in a in, if I'm at home, a lot of times I like to eat pizza while I watch movies. Um, or, uh, if I'm in the mood for like a movie theater candy, my go-to is dots or, um, whoppers. Um, I also, I also like, if I'm at home, I also like Chinese takeout movies. Ooh, that's good too. (laughs) Um, for me, I'm, I'm, if schedules align with me and my wife, we'd probably see it at the local drive-in, um, because it's a little bit cheaper that, and I find, I like being able to sit in my car to watch it. Um, if not, I might see if my son can let me use his movie pass because my son works at the local theaters and he gets two free movie tickets every week. So maybe he'll take me to it and we'll see. Um, he only gets two movie t- tickets a week and he works at the theater? Yeah. That is... Well, it's like it's like 15 bucks. Well, it covers... He, he can use it for pretty much like regular showings and 3D showings. And then if he wanted to go to like the the D box, like the the funky ones with like the funky chairs and stuff, he pays like an extra three bucks. That's like that's the worst. Every every person that I've ever known that worked at a movie theater, if it was like a fancy theater, they got two tickets a day. If mm-hmm. uh, if it other if it was a not fancy tickets, they just got whenever they was, want. That's crazy. Were they, were they working before or after that? The theaters had to have buy the movie. Or give like or or give away their profits. Like it, it didn't they change it? Like it used to be like uh, they bought the film reels and they could show it as many times to try and make it up. But but then now they're basically renting them and a part of their ticket sales have to go to the movie production company. That could be because there are times where he can't even use his passes with certain movies. Like uh, on opening weekends, yeah, sometimes he can't use it. Yeah, I mean, I think there, I think that there probably were were stipulations for that. This was, I mean, this was within the last ten years. So no, I mean, then maybe yeah, it was before the changeover and after the changeover. Now, yeah, yeah I, but, I don't uh, know. That still just sounds. I mean, that sounds like a, he needs to be working at a better theater. Well, there, there's <laughs> he needs pretty, to renegotiate his contract now. Um, needs to, they need a former union. <laughs> Unless it's like a really small uh, sort of like local theater or like a drive-in, the all the main like corporate theaters that we have in this country now, I think, are pretty much all run by the same company. So you know, doesn't really get much of a selection with regards to that. Yeah, well, you know, I guess yeah, I guess that's the downside of having yeah. universal health care. <laughs> I suppose. Um, um, as far as favorite snacks for me, um, I tend to not have popcorn nearly as much as I used to just because I find it's kind of hard on my system. Although I do treat myself to it every once in a while and I like having like the white cheddar seasoning on it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, lately, uh, at those same theaters, they offer like uh, pulled pork poutines, which are amazing. Oh my God. They're- you actually, uh, you actually argue, argue get poutine. I was joking. <laughs> no, it's really good. Like I've had it before. It's I, really, really good. That kind of poutine. Sorry, I got distracted. Uh, pulled, pulled pork poutine. Pork. 
Whole Park's poutine's so fucking good. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. It's the best poutine. Really good. Um, and How then, would I, like, I mean, like, it's pulled pork on top of fries with gravy and, and like, cheese curds. Of cheese course curds. it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then as far as, like, a drink, um, I used to be soda, but the some of the... My son's theater doesn't have it, but the other theater on the other side of town has uh, Coca-Cola flavored slushies. I love getting those just because I'm a big oh. slushy fan. So yeah, those sound tasty. Yeah, but yeah, those are my go-to. Songs. I I didn't say my movie plans. Oh, oh no, you didn't. Sorry. Probably yeah. probably what is going to happen is uh, come Saturday afternoon, uh, I'm going to have been pay- or well Friday maybe Friday afternoon, I'm going to have been paid, and I'm going to be like. Man, I don't want to see this movie. Man, but I probably should because of journalism. And I'm going to begrudgingly go, and then I'm going to come out and be like, that was the best movie I've seen in, like, forever. Mm-hmm. If you that come is... out of that saying that, I'll be surprised. I'm going to be like, that was better than Wonder Woman. I saw <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman. It was good. I liked it Wonder a lot, Woman too. Was amazing. I mean, I liked um, Wonder Woman a lot, too. I just have a feeling that the second that I get out of that theater, with the after eating five hot dogs and... Uh, Working a day of work at the call center and watching robots punch each other, I'm gonna be like, that was the best. I'm glad that was a good decision. Except for they <laughs> needed to turn the fucking brightness up on the movie because it was too dark. Because this is the shitty theater, and I don't know why. I only go here because of the fucking dollar hot dogs. Um, I think as you gotta... can tell, I'm starting to get tired. That's why I'm starting to slur my yeah. speech a little bit. Um, so what I was going to say, Jordan, um, why don't we try and, and hit a couple of questions, maybe like three at most, because fortunately, okay. timing wise for, for Kendall and I, um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll be able to go a little bit longer. But I know with Kendall, uh, it's, you know, it's always a bit hard with, with our schedules. So so we will we will do our best to try and answer some questions, but then we got to head to bed because we otherwise we'll be like really tired, cranky people tomorrow. Okay, I can pull three questions real quick, and we do also have one like quick comment from uh, Gwen from at, at Wit Witsuraru. I butchered that I think this time, uh, <laughs> where they talked about how they heard. Uh, I think it was last episode where we were talking about that picture, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, the Wheeljack with the ghetto box. Yeah, they they uh, they said that it is Wheeljack holding blaster from the GI Joe versus Transformers comic. That's and which awesome. is which is bonkers, and uh, she, she provided a a link to the image, which apparently is her lock screen. Nice. Uh, so that so that was the comment, and then I got some of the questions that we've got from like we had one from before from Jane Miller from the Facebook group, <laughs> uh, and asked if if you guys were in charge of your own uh, new Transformer series, uh, what and who would you like to have in it. And would you specifically avoid, or and what would you specifically avoid from other series? And like, I figured this would be like a nice one, and we'll see how long it takes us. But um, I know for a fact that I would kind of like a kind of like a mashup of of G one and and Beast Wars in a sense, like a way to kind of bridge the two a That'd little be bit better. Cool. With the thing they were gonna do, kind of thing, but yeah. they didn't end up doing it. Yeah, that they didn't end up doing, or or at least show how. Uh, tran- the Transformers got got to Beast Wars point. You know, like where where uh they have, they either evolved or is like, well, we have to convert to uh you know less energon guzzling forms and thus created the the Maximals and Predacons or something like that. Basically, show that transition period. Oh, I would also know, like to see. 
you know what would have been cool? Something almost along the veins of the new Battlestar Galactica with yeah. the Predacons and Maximals almost being similar to like the Cylons <laughs> taking over from the from the Autobots and Decepticons. Being like, I'm, oh, you're yesterday's model. <laughs> as, as, <laughs> for, a bit sinister. <laughs> yeah. as for who I would want in it, I, I mean, mostly besides like some of my, you know, favorite characters, I would tr- like to try and just, you know, add some, some new ones or, or one or two like obscure ones. It really depends on what the story, uh, how the story went and what I think would fit. It's, it's hard give, to say just off the top of my head. <laughs> give me an elephant with a really big gun. That's what I want. With an elephant gun? Yes. Elephant with an elephant gun. I'm not 100% sure what I would avoid. Because, uh, like I said, like it depends on which one I would do. If it was the uh, the Beast Wars and, and G1 thing, I probably would do a little bit less. Like, I tried to avoid doing like any info dumps of, of like, why this G1 should be important to the Beast Wars or vice versa. Like, I would try and avoid doing something like that. And if it was the transition one, I might try and avoid, like, basically having, like, uh, just kind of, like, turn... Because there's a lot of uh, things that are done that just that the Predacons and Maximals become a proxy war for for Autobots and Decepticons. I would want to try and do something a little bit different because it wouldn't be really expected. Mm Mm-hmm. Kendall, what about you? Um, so I would, uh, and I think we've answered this question a billion times before. But I, I think, think I've got variations of it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. And blah blah blah. I would make Beast Wars. <laughs> I would do a. I would do a hard re- reboot on Beast Wars. It would take place in completely in its own continuity. Uh, but it would be they go to a prehistoric Earth and they crash and they fight each other. Uh, it would be uh, PG thirteen rated, so more more violent, more a little and darker themes. Uh, the storytelling would be uh, a little bit more deconstructed, so you could have more deeper characters. The cast that I would have would be the exact same from the beginning of of uh, of Beast Wars. Basically, I would do I, this is the gritty reboot of, of Beast Wars. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's like a wartime sort of. Yeah. 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 War a war. It would actually. Yeah, it would be have a little bit of a wartime. Um, Yeah, I'd have the original cast, the original casts of each and then uh, slowly introduce uh, additional characters. But I would have um, I'd be more has I'd be more hesitant to kill them all off in the second season. Um, (laughs) I'd I'd do it better. Yeah. uh, but basically, um, I would be it'd be re- it'd be the gritty reboot. It'd be the remake. It'd be trying to be what people remember this show being. Uh, <laughs> so so you would I would literally have uh, an episode where Tigertron isn't sure whether he wants to keep fighting You're, or, you know, a series of episodes like a th- like three episodes where he's yeah. where he's coming to terms with that. I'd, you know, have. I'd have a, a a string of episodes where everybody goes blind or where everybody has to stay in their in their beast mode for extended periods of time. Um, you'd, like, yeah, you'd make that a subplot rather that goes on for a few episodes rather than or like a story arc. Right, right. Yeah, I'd tell it. Yeah, tell it. Tell <clears throat> it more in story arcs. Um, and uh, yeah, and 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 also also I wouldn't. Also, I think you could do it with the larger cast too. Maybe maybe that would be how I would. I more like a, a you know like a Battlestar Galactica or a Stargate or whatever where like you've would got you make your like core an hour cast. long show rather than a half hour. 
Uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, however it needs to be done. Um, I think you can do. I think you can do a lot with the half hour format. Um, with a car- with a cartoon, I think. Like, like I think, I think a half hour, but like telling stories in allowing yourself to tell your tell a story in two parts or three parts if it if it calls for it also allows for you to do some occasional one off episodes. So probably, probably I would probably I would stick with the with the half hour form. Maybe I, it might be on HBO though, so it might be like actually <laughs> thirty minutes instead of twenty two and a half. Instead of twenty two, so it'd right be now. like the Spawn series. Yeah, only I assume better. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen the Spawn series, but <laughs> it it uh. and I get like people that wrote anime to write it. Yeah, because anime is good. <laughs> and Steve Bloom would voice um, like two characters. I, I'm and for my answer, I guess like I I don't know what I'd answer like every another day of the week, but I, I think something just popped in my head it was that there's a lot of Transformers. There's not like and usually a, a season will be like okay, well here's like six of them. It'd be interesting to have like a Justice League Unlimited style approach to it. Where it's like, be, oh yeah, or like a brave and the bold sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, where it's like every you're like, oh well, this episode is about like Hot Rod and you know this other character, and then this this episode's about Jazz and Wheeljack hanging out, or this episode's about like like there's a bunch of different Transformers, and it's kind of like maybe chronicling like more of like a war instead of just being like two teams fighting, it'd actually be two like armies, and um, there would obviously be like. Characters that she, like like it would be like Justice League Unlimited. I think it'd be kind of cool. And Ooh. for characters I would need to have in it is like definitely I want like an RC like the one in Prime because she's fucking cool. Yeah. It's like my favorite Transformers character now. I think is RC from Prime. She's a really good character. Yeah, she's pretty badass. Um, and if they're gonna have human characters, they gotta kind of have it like not super. Like the shows have been pretty good for actually. The, the movies have been bad for human characters, but the shows have been pretty good. So I mean, I wouldn't want any more or less than say Prime. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind sure. having Shia LaBeouf show up in a Beast Wars. Would he get squashed at some point? No, like, like he goes back in time. Like he's like a he's like a Marty McFly type character. So yeah. I want. I, I'd have <laughs> the only way I'd want a Shia LaBeouf in my Beast Wars is if he's the bad guy and it's like actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. She gets sign. Love it. <laughs> All right. So, I think we got time for a couple more quick questions, and then we should call it a day. Um, yeah, I think we at least we have one more. We have one here that can be kind of quick. Okay. So Jasmine Marsh at at Piedmont and is on the Discord server. Server asked us uh, if you had t- a time turner invisibility cloak, uh, what style of buffet would you visit? Chinese buffet. Invis- <laughs> Chinese buffet. And I would that way I could always make sure that I get the the freshest honey garlic spray ribs because I I could eat so many of those. What do those three things have to do with each other? <laughs> well, because I can use the invisibility cloak and and always sneak in and cut the line and get the ribs faster, and I wouldn't have to wait because then I would have the time turner. Yeah, basically it just means you will always get the best stuff from the buffet at any time you want. Yes. I don't say the visibility cloak actually helps you because you're still taking up space in the line. People would be bumping into you and stuff. <laughs> not if you're good if at it. But not if. But if you basically you could just like reach around people and they wouldn't get get they wouldn't block you at first because it would just see floating food and a floating plate. Nothing would happen. <laughs> no, you have the plate like if you, under. If you were if you were quick enough, basically, if you just reached around and grabbed it with 
from around, I would, like, I would under not shoulder. use the invisibility cloak and just use a time turner, and I would just have the buffet for like ten days while I go back in time, and hopefully <laughs> it would affect my still not. Hopefully my stomach would like somehow not get full somehow, but I would just eat for like a week and it'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would go for a Chinese buffet, probably with like maybe Chinese a, is a good one, yeah. Yeah, probably one of the one of the uh, like. Just give me chow mein and chicken well. and ribs, and I'm good. Would be a good one. Like basically one where they also have like Mongolian barbecue or or, Ooh, or sushi good. bar, as lo- along with like you know the normal Chinese buffet stuff. Like I've seen a couple of places like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's that's what I would go for, and probably would uh, hit the sh- sushi bar a lot. Ken, how about you? I don't like buffets. Uh, I like going places and getting the things that I want. Um, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say for the sake of arguments, I'm gonna say I'd go to a old-fashioned hometown buffet because of nostalgia. Yeah. Because fuck Chinese buffets, they're terrible. <laughs> you don't have good ones, I guess, where you're at, but I do. And <laughs> yeah. go to a good Chinese restaurant and order the thing that you want. And it's but a, I get the, it's I get the thing that I want, but more of it. Like I said, like I'll get chow mein and I'll get ribs, and I get to keep having that like several plates, but only pay like fifteen bucks. That's really good. Uh, well, I like that. Um, if you go to a good Chinese buffet, it's a bit gluttonous. So I don't do it all the time. You know, <laughs> Portions should be sufficient. If you go to a good Chinese place. <laughs> all right, I think we got time for Portions one more. Always going to be smaller than a buffet, though. <laughs> Any, I was going to say, yeah, but the quality is always going to be better than a buffet. <laughs> I was gonna say. I can't. You've been to shitty the, buffets, then. I'm saying. I have. Do you know how many Chinese buffets there are within walking distance of my house? And there's probably <laughs> a lot. So shitty, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the fact that there's more of them is probably making like, like, because they all are just like whatever, I guess. But anywho, there's this. There's a Chinese buffet that used to be in a uh, a massage therapy place. Ooh. So that's the kind Jesus. of. Uh, things that we get around this area i mean yeah, i mean like so, the yeah. fact of the matter is if you go to a restaurant where they make your food to order the food is going to be better than if you go to one where the food is sitting under a heat lamp i just i don't agree fine it really it, like i said it's just one of those things like you just gotta find the right places I, um i also wanted i just realized that the best thing about having a time turner at, at uh, uh a chinese buffet is that you can you can get a better fortune that like, one sucked. I'll always take back time. <laughs> Open another one. Oh, no, that one else sucks. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll do, I got one more quick one we can probably get re- through real quick here. Um, right. Mike, Mike asked us, uh, which, which did you like better, season one or season two, and why? Um, and for me, it's still pretty much a toss-up. Uh, season one had, like, a great, like, it basically set, set the world and the characters up pretty well. It definitely and, set the tone. Yeah, it definitely set the tone. And so there's a lot of episodes in season one that I really enjoy. Like that, that like season two might kind of edge out being better for me because it has more episodes that I really enjoy. Like I really get a kick out of and would love to watch again and again. Yeah. Kendall, how about you? Season one was better. I had a feeling you would say that. <laughs> Why? Because season one was good and season two wasn't. <laughs> M, how about you? I kind of agree that season one is, is better, but I mean, I still liked season two, and season one had a lot more room to, to do its thing. So. Yeah. Season one had, I mean, it had double the amount of episodes, so 
Yeah. Some of the most yeah. iconic episode, uh, the episodes of season one. Like everyone remembers that Optimus Prime. They don't remember France Metal Optimus Prime. Yeah. Know what I mean? I mean, the designs were better. The uh, episodes were more experimental uh, and more compelling. Generally, um, the it didn't get bogged down by the mythology, but there still was a mythology going on. Makes sense. The characters had heart and depth. I cared about them. <laughs> they didn't randomly kill off characters for no reason. You could tell that when a character died, they didn't really die. At least, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, ideally you would want to be in a situation where where they can kill off characters and you know they're killing off characters and there's impact to it. But the fact the way they the way the fact that they established in 26 episodes that if somebody blows up, they're going to come back to life and then two people fell down and then they were dead forever. They so, didn't just fall down. They fell down so, in lava and melted down to so, molten metal. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned, I want to just point out, and I think I've mentioned this before, but there's a, uh, an old comic web, like web comic making pair called the brothers Grimm that had a, they did super megatopia and stuff like that. And, but they also had a, like a side blog, like page called, they might be giant robots. That was other, that was like, Hasbro related things, so it was GI Joe and Transformers, mm-hmm. and there literally was a comic where it was basically just uh, Pterosaur and Scorponok just kind of like half stuck in uh, in cooled off lava, like ma- like uh, magma, and they were just sitting there and they're just like coughing. I was like, well, I guess it could have been worse. <laughs> and they're like, you think they're gonna co- they're they're gonna come get us soon, right? Like, I mean, they're not gonna <laughs> just forget us, right? Right? No. Oh, we're screwed. <laughs> oh my! So yeah, there's some questions answered this week. Um, anybody Wait, have? You, oh. Did you say which one you liked, season one or two? Uh, I sort of agree with everybody else. It's season one, I think we got a bit more uh, depth to it, probably because we had like more episodes. Um, and I going through, I I think some of the more memorable stuff when I look back on it was from season one, like like Optimus catching the Axolon when it was crashing and. <laughs> And the the Maximals when they were having to, to make their way when they were blind. and um, Although a lot of my most memorable uh, moments of the series overall are coming in this season. In fact, there's one particular line that we're going to have next episode that has resonated with me for years. So we'll, awesome. we'll touch on that next episode. So, so yeah, there you go. Uh, anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? I imagine there's probably one thing that I can think of that just came up <laughs> today that most people will want to talk about. Kendall, do you want to uh, mention it? Yeah, so Jordan and I did a thing with uh, Tall uh, called Let's Place Let's Place, where we um, placed uh, some episodes of Let's Place, um, and it was fun. <laughs> and uh, it's on the garbage dump feed on the audio entropy and uh people seem to be liking it so <laughs> that just means now we have to do the rest of the uh let's place let's place for for all the episodes now <laughs> um i'll still plug uh they see me rolling in uh jesse cooper's pod podcasts uh curio casts um i think they're doing a they're doing a, a one of the the turn pit to pages doing the uh the who killed uh, T- Mr. Twombly or something like that? Like this, 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 this silly like murder mystery thing. And they're uh, they've got uh, it's like a crossover with uh, some of the hosts from uh, Square Roots. If uh, mm-hmm. people know that, 
know that uh, podcast. Okay, and uh, yeah, you catch my art at digishare.tumblr.com. My Twitter is at this is Emeralds. My Instagram is this is Emerald, and you can catch my YouTube. This is Emerald. <laughs> I should just start saying this is Emerald on everything, but Twitter's got an ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I have other things to plug too. Uh, Kendallcast.ninja has is where you can find everything that I do. Uh, I'm also at K Hallman on Twitter. K H A L M A N. I realize that I don't plug my Twitter very often anymore. It's mostly just links to my to uh, the Kendallcast.ninja. Uh, and I did lots of podcasts this past week, um, including uh, the, with Emily. We did Technodrome Tales. Uh, yeah, that was really fun. Uh, we reviewed the Looking first movie of the um, Ninja Turtles. Technodrome Tales uh, is on the iTunes and wherever your podcasts are sold. Uh, and uh, and then um, um, I also I realized that um, I haven't my Bandcamp page has been idle for a while, and I haven't done much oh, yeah. original stuff. So I uh, I, re- I started reworking some of my old originals, and uh, I started a project I'm calling Unguitard. <laughs> I actually wanted to point it out that I saw that Kendall because uh, like I you know I follow my friends and and try to see the project and stuff. So I had alerts on for for your Bandcamp, and it and it popped up. I'm like, oh, like cool. something to look forward to. Yep. Yeah, there's uh, there's three songs on it. Hopefully by the uh, by the time this episode goes up, there will be at least one more um, for the project. It's probably going to be six or eight songs total. I'm just I've been writing songs for 15 years, and uh, I've sort of changed the way that I play and record over the last year or so to uh, play with more with the more toy instruments than real instruments, and uh, so trying to be more hipstery. I uh, and also just like it's fun to revisit old stuff because I don't have anything to write about anymore. So I'm sure I could write stuff too, but I just don't feel. Yeah. Um, as always, I shall uh, plug Audio Entropy. Uh, the aforementioned Let's Place Let's Place uh, just came out today, being today being Monday. When you guys are hearing this, it of course will be Saturday, so it will have been up for been long forgotten by days. then. I'll oh, I doubt that. I'll be, my 15 minutes of fame will be over. <laughs> um, uh, as mentioned, Tall is on that episode. There is a, a new podcast coming out that uh, Tall is, uh, well, as um, God, I want to say Cameron, I think, uh, will be uh, Cam, though, right? yeah, a different Cameron than the Same All on the Watchtower Cameron. Um, yeah. They... Um, they will have a, uh, a new podcast that will be coming out shortly. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much because, but well, if you want he, to hear what the premise is, you can listen to Less Place Less. Place. Oh, okay, Less okay, Place. that's that. There's so, the, there's uh, there. A, you yeah, go. Okay. Um, as always, uh, if you like what you've heard from us, you can find us on iTunes and on Google Play, and of course on the Audio Entropy website. Um, I would assume you've probably already found us on one of those since you're probably listening. Uh, certainly, if, if you're listening from, from iTunes, we would absolutely be grateful if you would uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, whether it be positive or negative, we like any feedback, um, except for if you want to make comments as to your favorite Donkey Kong character, because we aren't going to rip from teenagers with attitude with us sort well, maybe if we talked about Donkey Kong, we get comments like that, but we don't. Yeah, probably. I don't think it's an issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so been another week. We we're we're on our way to season three now. Uh, we've got twelve episodes left in the series, 
and we've literally got nine episodes left until we actually hit our 50th 50th official episode of this podcast so wow so yeah there you go it's been a ride so far <laughs> uh but yeah for warm beast uh this week i have been greg i've been emily i've been jordan i'm kendall let's roll folks yeah so my one roommate told me that if they had even three chocolate pretzels in the pack i would not have noticed it and i agreed with them it was because they only ate one and i noticed that there one one column was less we even talk about that on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but what I don't know, I, but we can cut this out if we, if it don't. But it's what funny I need to end with that actually. <laughs> Anywho, but what I, I really want to do, what I really want to do, is record a show called Grown Adults, where we listen to every episode of Teenagers with Attitude and review them episode oh my by God. episode. I'm gonna go now. Bye. <laughs> Night. <laughs>